Dude, I really shouldn't have had that large chocolate milkshake. I don't know why I'd su- I listened to my friend's suggestion. It was a mistake. You shouldn't have done it. I don't remember the last time I've had like a substantial amount of dairy in any meal or any snack in like the last decade. And I, I did have, it today. I have a rule about milkshakes. Only have them if you're at home. Don't have them at the theater. Don't have them on the way to like anywhere. Yeah, but you're old. You got to worry about that. No, I don't. I never shit my pants. I have. But I was at home, and it wasn't my fault. It was food poisoning. How do you shit your pants if you're at home? Well, one morning I woke up. I've told this story before, but one morning I woke up. For like a year, I was sleeping on my couch instead of my bed just because I didn't want to go in that dark, lonely room and oh, face reality. Apartment? Yeah, I was, I was just living in my apartment. I was in a slump. wasn't very happy with what I was doing, with content I was creating. So I was sleeping on the couch every single night. I woke up at like 6 a.m., and I thought that was weird because normally I don't wake up until around 8 or 9, and I felt like a gurgle in my stomach. And I, I thought I just had a gas or a fart, whatever. And I let it go. And it was like hell's gates were opened. And it was just straight warm liquid. <laughs> All in my pants. It was bad, dude. What did you do? It was I had to like prop the back of my pants up to my butt and waddle myself upstairs to the shower. And then it kept coming. Oh, you were at that, that place, the haunted place. My first place. Yeah, the haunted place. Yo, can I ask you a real question about that? Yeah. Was there, was that all the audio that you captured, was that real? Yeah. That, to this day. Get out. To this day. For real? Yeah. I don't, like, I don't like knowing that that's a thing, dude. That, that was a real honest. thing. I don't like knowing that. You know what's wild about it, too, is that uh, that was before the ghost hunting trend on YouTube got really big. I should have mm-hmm. stayed on it. Obviously, it creeps me out when we, when we did it. Yeah. So if you would have told me that I would like one, I never stay there. I would never stay there. I just don't think that I'm about that life, man. I think that those those are one of the few things that I just wouldn't be about. Anyway. Well, uh, don't worry because that shit was all fake. Okay. Welcome fake. to episode number 67 of the eavesdrop podcast. No, no, it was real. My, my brother, Nate shot here. Hey, what's, what's good. Got, got the brand new teeth. Brand new teeth. Ugh. Ugh. I should have went one shade wider. I should not have listened to my dentist. I'm, I'm a little upset about that. Yeah? I think he was more concerned. Well, first of all, Dr. Gabe, you're the fucking man. And I appreciate the work that he did on my teeth. But I think Dennis, when you ask for their opinion, they're more concerned about making your entire smile the same color and making them look real. Yeah. Because I think that's what other dentists respect. Yeah. And other cosmetic dental work, they want it to look real. And my bottom teeth aren't as bright as my top, obviously. And he asked me if I want to go one shade wider and ask for his opinion. He said, I don't think you should. When you have this many teeth whitened and veneers, it looks brighter than just if you only did a couple. But I I regret not going one shade wider. Because I I wanted people to be blinded when I smile. But they still look good. Yeah, they look really good. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm going to your same doctor. He's great, man. Yeah, I'm going to set it up. uh, So I'll be back maybe within the next month. He's awesome to work with. I had a lot of fears going into it. I hate the dentist. He made it super easy. I just hate the fact that, uh, obviously, old, right? 1980. In Juarez, there was no, like, dentistry. Yeah. Right? So there wasn't, like, a, an option for me. And I, and I wasn't really, like, 
you know, my parents weren't super strict. Well, I brush your fucking teeth, you dirty little motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, so I never really did. Like, I would obviously wake up and before I go to bed. But I think I, that's the one thing I regret about being a human being is, like, that I never took care of my teeth. I have gaps because I used to put coat hangers in between because hey, I have no toys. So I have to entertain myself somehow. And I walk around like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually advice that a lot of older people will give younger people. It's like, what's one thing that you would go back and change is brush your teeth. Yeah. I would say the same thing because my parents actually were strict about brushing my teeth. But as you get older, they're always, hey, you got to take care of this yourself. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why, but when I was younger, I was such a lazy kid. I, I didn't want to get out of bed and go brush my teeth every night. But I also had shipping and discoloration because of braces. So yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the lack of proper hygiene, but that was definitely part of it. Yeah. So um, I was talking to Mud Dog. Mud Dog said that he did uh, all his teeth except for the molars because he had an accident and that she was car going. accident. It was crazy yeah. when he told me the story. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna do. Can, can they do the bottom ones too? You should do your whole mouth. I am gonna do my. Thank you. Uh, but yes, I, <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't mean it like that, but it worked. Yeah. No, I'm gonna. You I'm should. gonna. Yeah. How much was it? Well, well, can you talk about it? Yeah, that? I don't care. Uh, it was $2,000 a tooth. And uh, $2,000 a tooth, how, much did you, how many teeth? Uh, I did 10. So $20,000. Yeah, you could do the math. And, so uh, 40000 for me. Yeah, but depending on if you're willing to make some social posts, he could work with the price I'm on good. you. I'm good. No. Okay. I'm not showing well, anybody my teeth up close. Well, I didn't. it wasn't that substantial of a discount, but I actually like Dr. Gabe, so I was... I didn't, I, I've talked about my teeth and the fact that I didn't like it before. Yeah. And I feel like anything I change in my life or do something different is just another storyline to talk to people about. Yeah. And so I was fine with, I'm not going to disclose the discount he gave me yeah, just yeah, because yeah. it's, of course. it's his business. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you should do all your teeth. I, it was so much easier than I actually thought it was. Don't get put down. You don't need anesthesia. Do the laughing gas. I mean, you smoke weeds and so you're used to that sensation. Laughing gas was awesome. I was really intimidated by it. Super easy. It's like two or three different appointments to get it all done. You won't feel any pain. It was awesome. My dog said that he got put down and he was not. I gonna told him not to. He said I was not going to stay away for that shit. I'm like, I'm going to. Can I be put down? the Okay. So from a pain perspective. No pain. Really? No pain. So I'm a bitch when it comes to that. No, I, dude, you're talking to king bitch here. I mean, I, I, I don't go to the doc. I don't mind the doctor. I hate the dentist. Yeah. But. You don't feel any pain. The only thing that's a little uncomfortable, and it's just because you realize he, he's doing it, is he'll put topical numbing on your gums. Yeah. And then you have to get a shot for every tooth. Yeah. You won't see the needle. Yeah. Doesn't matter. But you can feel the sensation or the pressure of the needle going in. But there's no pain. Yeah. I am the king bitch. Don't get put down. I just, uh, I just had uh, skin tags removed because I had uh, three skin tags. Really? You get them when you're old. So one, two, three. And I got it removed because it was getting stuck to my chain. I remember seeing those skin tags. Yeah, and then I had one here in my eye, and then I had two here. I was wondering what was different about you. <laughs> I didn't have a uh, Hermie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was really sad when uh, when they when they took them, you know, because I named them shit. Yeah, and they say never name something that's that's temporary. Ralph and Frank, man. Who's that? The trophies from Black Ops Two. It's I just call everything inanimate right. objects, Ralph. And yeah. Frank. So I I uh, I did it, and they're like, "All right, no anesthesia." Oh no, they're like, "It's gonna be anesthesia." I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick it. I was like, <clears throat> "It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna sting, then it's gonna burn." And I was like, "Okay." So he like put put it in, and I'm like, "I'm like, oh my god!" And then it burns. I'm like, "Okay." And then I just follow the track in my head. I'm like, "It's gonna be one, two, three, 
four or five, and then it's going to go in my eye. The dude grabbed the needle and put it in my eyelid up here. Ew. And then he started burning it. And he's like, don't worry about the smell. And I'm like, is that my flesh? That's, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. I wonder if that's similar to the process of getting a wart removed. I've had to get a wart removed off my leg before. Yeah. They just freeze it off. No, this was burned. I'm good on that. So from a cosmetic surgery standpoint, I'm no rookie. And I don't mind needles. And and I've had uh, numbing on my gums with the actual thing. And I still have like a little bit of scarring. I can feel it on the on the inside of my mouth a little bit. So I'm good. But when I used to get my teeth whitened for like two to three days, it felt like I had, well, more like two days. It, it felt like there was fireworks shooting up into my gum. Yeah, it's something on your nerves. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was, and that's the one thing that I... I thought that before. I said I my bottoms whitened too. Yeah. And I hate that. I literally hate that. So if it's not going to hurt like that... Do not get put down because laughing gas is a great part about it. As soon as they take it off and give you oxygen, you're back to normal. So yeah. it, the effects wear off literally in seconds. Which ones are the loopy ones? The one that make you say like a whole bunch of shit? Nothing. Dude, I'm telling you. The laughing you, gas is... It's... You, you just laying back and whatever he needs to do, you're just like, all right, doc, take care. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need. And he'll tell you, if, if anything is wrong at all, just raise your right hand. I'll stop immediately. And so... The only thing that made me uh, weirded out at first was when I when he started drilling because I could smell my teeth being drilled on. Mm-hmm. But after I got over that, it was fine. Don't get put down. No? And it's extra. It costs extra as well. Yeah, I don't care. They need to bring in an anesthesiologist. I'm t- I promise you. Yeah. Trust me. All right. Well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be fucking... Can't wait, bro. You're going to look rich. <laughs> Ooh, finally. You know what I'm saying? It costs money to dress this bummy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. You look good. Anyway, I, I was I was actually kind of hyped because I always wanted to do it, and Jude got some, Jude got one uh, veneer because she didn't like the way one. Or, she had braces. She has a fucking awesome smile, and I was like, I don't know why that bothers you so much. Yeah. It bothers her, so she got something uh, done, and she's why don't you just ask me why do you why did you believe Matt over me? And I'm like, he got his whole uh, like his whole fucking mouth, the yeah. whole top teeth. Let's get a smile the whole podcast. So yeah, yeah, do it, Matt, dude. Sure they look really it. good, and and that. So like, obviously, you got to brush them, but is it like. Is it individual teeth mm-hmm. that are put in there? Yeah. And they never, like, overlap or go no. go weird with it? No, he's, he's a pro, man. Dr. Gabe is a man. Dr. Gabe, look at that. He Matt, lives right down the street, too. Matt, your dad's a dentist. Does he do this shit? Can he give me a discount? Oh, he's just a regular one? Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to go. No, go to Dr. Gabe. Trust. I am. Anyway, um, thank you for hopping on. It's been exactly almost two years since you were on the podcast. You were, uh, you were I think, episode number three or four. There was four people that I interviewed for you my told first. Told me I was going to be the first episode. I, was I still told everybody about that. I, I was, but the way that we recorded it, it was weird. It was you good. It was weird I because say too much. it was um, uh, David Vonderhaar, then Scump, then Fwiz. you. Oh no, Fwiz was number one. Fwiz, Vonderhaar, Seth, or him and then Seth. Now would be a good time to have Vaughn on. Yeah, Treyarch just announced in yeah, Raven Software. I, it was it was uh, it was difficult to to. One day, I, I want to sit down with Vonderhaar and like really ask him the the questions. That we're gonna have been. to wait till he leaves Treyarch, whenever that is. I don't think he ever will. Yeah, well, he said a long time ago that I think like it was Black Ops Three that was gonna be the last Call of Duty he ever worked on. But I, I just don't think he could rip himself away from the work no. and his legacy. No, it's insane. The amount of people that hype him up too, me included. Like it's hard to talk, it's, it's hard to walk away from. Yeah, I think he likes it. You think I, he likes the? Well, I think he likes the attention to a certain degree. I know that he's had issues with security and yeah. you know people threatening him because regardless if the, the 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 threat has any warrant behind it or any you know realness, or yeah, yeah. 
uh, it still makes a person feel uncomfortable. But I, I think he, you know, he, he, I think he likes the excitement around the game that he's creating. Who wouldn't? Yeah. You know, it's like immediate dopamine. Yeah. So I think it'd be hard for him to tear away from that, that, that cycle that he has every three years. Yeah. Anyway, so two, two years almost. A lot has happened, right? I was still with Optic when we first do the, the, yeah. this thing. You were just, you just had become CEO, I think. Mac Miller had just died. Like, it's been a long-ass time since we did this It thing. has been, man. Which is weird because we see each other enough, but most of the time we're just hanging out. Yeah, and we FaceTime, uh, you know, like once or twice every month. Yeah, but that just doesn't work. And yeah. I, I, I like doing these in, in person. I like doing these, like, podcasts in person. I just think that it, like, it hasn't been weird for you and Jack to do them over Zoom calls or shit? Uh, well, it feels silly. Just because we built this multi-million dollar facility, you know, the Cash App Compound, and we built this incredible production studio, and we've only used it once. And the second time that I think we used it, it was, I wasn't even on the show because I had, uh, at the time, I'm pretty sure it was COVID, well, at the, but they thought it was the flu. They mm -hmm. just wrote it off as the flu. I didn't get tested. I, I think it was COVID. We had Jack Dorsey come on the podcast yeah. when I still had the Nade Shot uh, self-made podcast. But it's actually been easier. You know, I'm surprised with how easy the transition from working in office has been to, you know, just working from my bedroom. It just feels familiar, like what I used to do. Do you miss going in? I miss the people that I, I worked with. Yeah. I mean, there, there were th certain things I didn't like work about working in an office. I, I always felt obligated to make myself look busy because I knew everybody else was working. And I felt a sense of guilt when... I wasn't. So what would you do? Like to pretend? Shit. I mean, the new office, dude, I've got these blackout shades. I could, <laughs> you know, motorize, they go down. Yeah. And then nobody bothers me. But I don't feel guilty anymore. I mean, I've been busting my ass during quarantine. Yeah. I was streaming a lot. Uh, you know, I, 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 I take, I do my part. Yeah. So uh, I do miss seeing the people. I, I feel like energized sometimes when I'm in the office with that many people. And I feel like communication has gotten a little difficult uh, just because I'm not really, I don't use like our internal communication that much. It's just like, if you guys need me, just text me. Yeah. Uh, but it's been all right. Can't complain. We had a couple of projects that were supposed to launch at the beginning of the year that we sort of, they kept going, but we haven't announced them. And that shit sucks because like a lot of people were putting like hard work into this yeah. shit and we didn't. It, 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 for me, like nothing really changed because like immediately I told Matt, I'm like, all right, if you're going to come into work, you have to abide by all the rules and you have to self-quarantine and, you know, if you go out, sanitize, the whole thing. All the content guys, too. I mean, obviously, they don't leave, or not the content guys, but content guys and, and Seth and them. Like, they, I told them, I'm like, yo, if you guys are going to go out, you guys can't be coming in here. So we did, like, everything. We even, do, we even did the six-foot-apart shit from the wall to, we, we really took that shit serious. And it's a serious matter, obviously, but Texas just didn't give a fuck and they opened it yeah, up. bro. Right, so for us it didn't, but because we were in our own little bubble and we didn't really like go to any bars or like that. Like even lunch was kind of difficult, um, because in Texas, if you didn't know, it's very very Republican, right? So if if I'm wearing a mask, then I hate freedom, and I'm not an American. It's just divided. And then if I don't wear a mask then I'm an asshole who's self-centered and doesn't care about people. Yeah. So I just said, I'm just going to do the right thing. I'm going to follow science or whatever. And then for as long as it is, I don't know anything about that, right? Like if people say, if if, if medical people, if medics and fucking scientific people, folks, so eloquent. Are, are telling me wear a mask, I'm going to wear a mask. Yeah. Well, there's no reason not to wear a mask. 
You know, I'm just talking about this on stream and we talked a little bit about it on the Courage of Nate Shot show. My biggest question is, in America right now, the mask as a topic is very controversial, where I would say like 70, 75% of Americans probably believe that it is the right thing to do is to wear a mask. And then you have the other 25% where they have a bunch of different reasons, like you're taking away my freedom, or God doesn't want me to be breathing in the carbon dioxide that I'm breathing out, and a whole list of reasons. And my question is, do other countries have people that are just irrational and say shit like we do? Because everyone's, obviously the joke is America has these cases, it's always rising, other countries yeah. don't. So I'm wondering, there has to be other countries where we, you have like this radical thought that this mask is a, a plot by the government to kill me or take away my rights. I don't know, J Japan did a really, really good job of just like canceling it all. Well, Japan, I mean, they, they already have a society and culture that wears masks yeah. frequently. Yeah. I mean, if you, pre-COVID, pre I remember, if yeah. you walked around Japan or went there, a lot of people had masks on, yeah. which is something that they did. And is it, I, I, I always wondered, I'm like, oh, they must be sick or they don't want to get sick, but I, it's, they don't want to get other people sick. Yeah, like, they're, if they're, it's a really proud nation mindset. Yeah, yeah, you can't even spit on the street. You get fucking caned. Yeah. Well, I, I don't I, think that's Japan. That's like Taiwan or something. I think the biggest issue in America, and, and this is just my perspective, and you don't have to agree with it. I'm not saying I'm right, but I feel like there's no... You, people talk about having a sense of pride in, in freedom in your country, in the United States, but I feel like people don't really care about their neighbors or the strangers on the street. Mm. Yeah, and obviously it's tougher depending on where you live and what's happening around you. But there's no sense of, you know, love thy neighbor and, and, and care for these people around you. And I think that, that that could be an issue with just so many different cultures. You know, they call the United States a melting pot. But if you go to Japan or China or any other country that is primarily the same race and religion, they, you know, there's a sense of belonging, I would say. And I think that's just Community. instinctual yeah. and biological in how people think. And I, and I feel like that's the biggest issue in America is people don't care about each other. Yeah. And that's the biggest issue. It's such a weird time. I, t I was telling my Uber driver today through my mask that this is the most pleasant experience I've ever had in LA. There's no traffic. Yeah. I got to, to the place that I needed to go to in 20 minutes. As it said on my Apple Maps, it wasn't an extended additional 20 minutes because of traffic. It's Saturday. Uh, yeah, it's Sunday in the middle of the day. Yeah. And I, there was like no issues me getting there. And uh, the, the Uber driver said that this is the best summer that LA has ever had in the last 20 years. Dude's been here all his life. He's like, this is the best summer. But nobody's enjoying it because everybody's inside. And then I said, well, maybe it's because we've been, you know, the smog and all the pollution has sort of like reshape the way that the clouds form or whatever wait what sense. was he saying why it's the best summer what was what was it what did he he just said that the, what the, metric the of, weather the weather dude it's like this every I've, I've been living here for five years i've been living here for 20 but the weather's yeah. always like this the weather here is the same every day unless it's june gloom or it's just cloudy in the morning yeah or like two years ago we had a really bad drought and then it rained for like a month straight there's yeah. actually a ton of flooding but the weather's the same all the time. Now, the dude, the dude seemed uber positive. Yeah, but on, he probably thinks it's been a great summer because he doesn't have to deal with traffic every day if he's driving Uber. That's also true. He's probably just happy. The, the fact that you were able to see uh, the Eiffel Tower from some parts in London goes to show that there is a massive, massive pollution problem. Don't disagree with that. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. You know, cars not being on the road every single day and, you know, basically cities coming to a halt for sure. It's definitely helped.
because I do remember air pollution has has gone down drastically. I mean, they they took like satellite imagery of I forget what city. I think it was just a general continent, and they like the astronauts that were up there or the satellite photos they've taken. They've never seen it so clear. Yeah, reminds me of that movie, uh, Day After Tomorrow. Where, so good. I just watched it. When the storm clears up, you're like, "Wow, you guys are gonna believe this. It's yeah. beautiful. I've never seen the Earth like this." Yeah. Maybe we need that. Maybe we need that. Shit. I live in Southern California. I think that was like the safe zone. No. P- people went down the border to New Mexico. Yeah. But I think I'd survive. I don't think I could ever go back. To Mexico? Yeah. Oh. I'd probably stop like in Dallas. I think I'm I'm, more, I'm as far south as I'm willing to go. I could Maybe live in Austin. like Tulum or... Where's Tulum? I don't know. I don't know where Tulum is. I swear to God though, it's in Mexico. Every single person in Southern California... It's like, oh my God, you haven't been to Tulum yet? Tulum, Tulum. I mean, even even Haley's been there a bunch yeah. of times. Like all of the rich folk, it's like the place to be is Tulum. And it's in Mexico. It's in Mexico and it's one of the most expensive places. Is it uh, Baja, California? I have no idea. I think it is. I think it's in Baja. Oh no, Tulum. That's not Tulum. That's by Yucatan. Did you spell Tulum right? T-U-L-U-M. Is it T-U-L-U-M? It's Tulum. Yeah, apparently it's beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm not. It's that's and two, Cabo. That is two hours from Dallas. Believe it or not. Well, you should go to Tulum then. You should take Judith on a vacation. I, 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 I shit you not. It's there's two things in LA that every white girl knows about. Mm. It's Tulum and then the cloud couch from Restoration Hardware. I did not know what either of these things were until I'm at you know like a pop and day party and every single girl. It's like, oh my God, Tulum. Oh my God. Wait, you have a cloud couch back at the house? What's a cloud couch? Cloud couch is from a uh, store called Restoration Hardware. Mm-hmm. And it's if, if, like, if you are successful and you care about your comfort, you should have a cloud couch. Because what I didn't realize is that the house that we rented for the last content house for 100 Thieves, yeah. it had a Restoration Hardware cloud couch inside. And I was always so obsessed with it. And I was like, what is this? What is this? And then one time a girl finally came over to the house and said, you guys have a cloud couch? And that's when I learned. A cloud couch? Bro, I mean, it, yeah, I, it, the, the story of a cloud couch even goes as far as I was, on, I was on stream with Devin Booker and I think it was like the first time that we actually played together. And he was talking about how he got a new crib. He's yeah. been into wine, into art and all these things. Yeah. I'm like, hey, bro, let me ask you something. Do you got a cloud couch? He's like, oh, shit. Yeah, you know all about that. I'm like, uh-huh. He's like, yeah, man, I filled up my entire like theater room with it. So it's like $5,000 for each piece or $4,000. If you get a full couch, I think it's anywhere between like 20 to 40 grand. No bullshit though, Hector. It is the comfiest couch I have ever sat in my entire life. I've never heard of it. It is life-changing. It is life-changing. I can't believe Judith has no, maybe she has. She's Cloud never, couch. Uh, we, then my theater room's about to be transformed then. Dude, it'll change your life. Really? I cloud swear. couch. Maddie, make a make a note of the cloud couch, please. If you want, Haley has one at her apartment. That was what she was talking about earlier. Yeah. Get these chairs out of here and bring the couch in here. Yeah. It's unbelievable, dude. Really? I don't know. There's like the sheets that you that, that you guys use here. Sheets. Like I don't I I I've it's they're stretchy, Matt. I get in and I only like uh undo the corner, like when I'm in a hotel, I only undo the corner of the bed and then I sneak in mm-hmm. and I'm cocooned. You know, I don't move around at night either, but I just like to be hugged. You know what I mean? I, I like to be, and, and this goes back to when I was a little kid. There used to be, in my room, my sister and I shared a room, and our beds were like against the wall. And what I used to do is I used to wrap myself 
in the in the blanket and then like lean onto the side and sleep in between the bed and the couch. Yeah. So oh, I, for sure. Not you, the bed and the and the wall. So I wasn't was, that same wall, by the way, made me hurt for the rest of my life because I did a somersault onto the to the wall and my tailbone hit. And since I was eight years old, my tailbone has all if I sit that's the only reason I fly first class. I'm a man of a people. I'll fly in the back. I don't give no fuck. But my butt hurts. So hey, that's, that's what you get for being a stupid ass little kid doing yeah. shit you weren't supposed to do, and that's how you learn. I coat hangers in my teeth and fucking somersaults on the bed onto a wall. Yeah, but sheets, uh, uh, bed fittings, and the she and the sheets in general are incredible. S H E E X sheets. If you guys want to send me free shit, feel free. Yeah, same, uh, same, incredible, same. dude. I got that actually from Justina, my ex. I mean, those those sheets were they put me onto that. Yeah, you get them at like Bed Bath and Beyond. And it's like it it keeps you warm, but also keeps you cool at the same time. Yeah, like people talk about getting like a thousand thread count, you know, Persian silk sheets. Yeah. I, it's all bullshit, bro. It is? Sheets, it's all you need, bro. And it's for any stretchy. guys, you want to impress a girl, you ever bring a girl back and you got these sheets, dude? She she want to come back just for the sheets, even if you suck at fucking and you can't you can't do it right. The sheets will bring them back, and that's a fact. Yeah, and at you least go, you'll guys. think you're sophisticated in some way. Like, oh my god. This whole thing about lasting long and treating them, making nah. them smile. No, nah, it's all about the sheets. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to know where the clitoris is. I still haven't found it. It's a mythical. It doesn't exist. <laughs> the limit does not exist. The clitoris does not exist. So <laughs> Hutch says, "He's like that's it's like bollocks. It, it does not exist." <laughs> you ever seen an episode of South? I used to watch South Park a ton as a kid, and I was talking about this the other day, where they they basically set it up like these kids were in on a quest like Lord of the Rings and they had the staffs on and the and the, the the cloaks and they they were trying to find the clitoris. <laughs> it's okay. I think my, my favorite South Park episode. I well, think my I have, favorite South Park episode. I have two. Have you seen my baseball? I have two good ones. The Michael Jackson one, rest in peace, and uh, in the water where in the, in the, throw that in. I, I, Did he diddle them kids? We don't know. We don't know. I, look, I saw. I don't the, know if it's cool to be cool with Michael Jackson anymore. I don't know. I haven't played his music in a long time because of the show. But the other one was where they theorized. There was a hypothesis that said that if you eat through your asshole, you shit through your mouth. <laughs> If they did, he was, they fed themselves through their ass and they were shitting through their what mouth. What was this? South Park. Oh, yeah. It's so good. That, they did like a human centipede episode like that, I think, too. They uh, they were ahead of the game. Uh, you know what's crazy is that I don't know when, what year it was that I stopped watching cartoons. Yeah. And if it wouldn't have been for uh, me giving... We didn't hear that. Don't worry about it. Nah, there's no way these mics picked that up. I drink a large milkshake for Christ's sake. Like I told you, mid podcast you're gonna be like, and I'm a very gassy person, just in general. Like there's got to be some wrong with my intestines. No, I think you're overdoing it's, it. No, it's been my whole life, bro. Anyway, I, I if it wouldn't have been for your recommendation of um, Hunter 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 Hunter, I wouldn't have watched it. And if I wouldn't have seen the first episode, I wouldn't have been as hype as I was about it, which was the fishing like you know episode. I was like, oh my god, why don't you tell me like I would have been hooked right there. I don't like. That they give you the same, like, it's like 20 minutes worth of content, and there's like a shit ton of episodes, but I don't like reliving like the first 10 minutes of last episode on that thing. But I, no, what I'm you, saying is well, that you don't, though. Why? What do you mean? Yes, you do. Well, the first, the first, the first minute is a recap. Yeah. No, it's not a recap. It's not. I promise you it's not. I, I mean, I've watched it five times. The first minute is like them picking up where they were from the last episode. But Hunter Hunter, surprisingly, one of the animes that like 
they cut to the chase immediately. Like every every aspect of the story, it keeps moving. There's a lot of animes like Dragon Ball Z was the first anime that I ever watched. Same and in high school. And one episode, like three episodes, would be like two minutes of real time. So Hunter Hunter doesn't do that shit unless you get to the last arc. And I'm not gonna spoil it. For yeah, anybody. please don't. But uh, I think I think it's a bad take. They, like they definitely go into detail on moments that are happening in the show. Yeah. Uh, but. It moves pretty quickly. I mean, I'm on episode like 70 with Haley. She's the first time her, she's watching it. Yeah. She loves it. Yeah, it is 20 minutes of content, but they get to the point. Yeah. I, I, again, I like it. And and I used to watch like a lot. Initial D, Initial Drift. Did you ever watch that? No. Nah. So good. It's a, it's a racing. It's it's a racing. They even made a movie about it. On It's on Netflix. So good. Like the best racing uh, anime you're ever going to watch. Initial D. I mean, obviously I haven't watched all of them, but that's what it is. Uh, Ronin Warriors. Yeah. That shit was like one of my favorites. Um Dragon Ball Z, obviously, like everybody, everybody likes that. I never got into uh, Naruto, Naruto, or uh, what's the other one? The Airbender one, uh, Avatar: Last Airbender. Avatar: Last oh, Airbender. Man. Well, that, yeah, that's, I mean, that's an American-made yeah. cartoon. But, but like, I remember in Mexico, I used to watch this one. Where I don't know, I can't even explain, so I'm not going to it. But I, I don't know at what age I stopped watching cartoons because I used to be like a massive fan. I used to draw Bart Simpson and Ren and Stimpy. That was like my my junior high school, which was just eighth grade because I, I I moved here. All I did was draw Bart Simpson and Ren and Stimpy, like over and over again, over and over again. That yeah. was like my thing. I don't, I don't watch Family Guy or neither or South Park anymore. I used to watch Futurama and Simpsons. I don't know what it, I think it was like. I think I just stopped watching TV in general. And it, people, I mean, you, I think you could watch like Family Guy or all these other shows on one of these streaming platforms, but I just don't watch them anymore. Yeah, my but brother I watch watches the fuck all the anime shit. still. My brother watches all the. All those things, and he'd be sending me jokes about it. I'm like, I don't get that shit. Stop fucking sending me that shit. Yeah, there's some like like Bob's Burgers I heard was really good. I never watched that. It's a bunch of shows. I like watching real shit now. Yeah, I like watching the the realest other shit. Um, Succession is my favorite show Succession's right now. Succession's great. They're, they haven't even started filming season three yet, which I is know. kind of a bummer. I, the I Boys is coming back on Amazon. The Voice? Oh, man. Have you not seen The Boys? Oh, The Boys. That's uh, the, the super villains. Yeah. Shout out supervillains, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sure they're watching. Who? No, they don't, my my friends? No, they don't that's watch any of my shit. That's the joke. The, the thing the thing about being a content creator and having friends outside of the industry is that they really don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. They don't give a fuck until until I got a text. I'm planning this golf trip with my one of my best friends, Rich, and uh, we're bringing my dad and my brother and his dad and his brother to pebble beach and playing all the nicest courses pretty much on like in the united states where is it uh it's in monterey which is like south of san francisco it's like uh -huh. a four-hour drive from here and uh uh i forgot why i brought this up uh popularity people don't give a fuck oh yeah yeah so i you know my brother i don't think he watches any of my videos or anything he's got shit he's got to do and then he said something along the lines of couldn't even place top 30 in a twitch rivals tournament and i'm like what the fuck yeah how did you know that yeah uh so he must have been watching at some point but yeah i don't have any like friends like none of my close friends watch my yeah videos or streams one guy one, one of my friends does jory shout out to jory what's up jory 606 entertainment baby you know what i'm saying you're uh but that's it like everybody i mean maybe like some of them do right but like the majority of them don't give a fuck you know what i mean which is good because you know it's it's uh, reliving shit like when when people like obviously we're very uh when you when you vlog every day you have to obviously be as entertaining as possible yeah. and some of the shit that i say doesn't necessarily coincide with certain shit 
You know what I mean? And they're like, yo, what the fuck? Are you really mad at this dude? I'm like, no, this is for the fucking, this is for the vlog, dude. Listen, don't ever fucking listen to what I'm saying on the vlog. Sometimes it's not as dramatic as it as it seems. That's just the way that we you like to play do the game. Thing. Yeah, we got to play the game. You're but pretty, pretty much the same person, though. I actually think you're funnier off camera than you are on. Yeah, my brother said the same thing. You are. And you just get, a, a, when you get on camera, you just get a tad bit nicer. Me? Yeah, but I think what the what's so funny about you is Hector H Hector and Fwiz, I think I learned a lot from when I was growing up just because you guys can always, you guys just always have a reply. Like there's there's certain people you, you just don't try to banter with or roast because you're not going to get the last shot in. Like you will not win. And you, you and Fwiz are like the two that I just, I just won't do it with. Yeah. But it helped me a lot learn how to actually banter like a functioning adult that, you yeah. know, that could be a good friend. Yeah. My, my brother... We did the podcast and everyone was like, it was a funny ass podcast, right? Like fucking almost Sark level funny. The amount of people that were like in there, like watching, they're like, yo, why don't you and your brother do like more, more podcasts? Or to this day, I can't believe you guys don't do more. Yeah. So me, me too. But you know, he's just, he just doesn't want to fucking do that shit. You know, yeah, like he doesn't want money and fame. No. Well, he wants no money. He definitely doesn't want the fame though. You know, Dude, like your his brother is, your brother's way funnier than you. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We're, we're like the Way same funnier. we're like the same fucking person though you know what i mean yeah, except that he doesn't give he he gives less of a fuck on camera and i give a fuck on camera yeah you know what i mean and he just doesn't give a shit did we cut anything from that podcast matt yeah he was saying names and shit like he didn't give a fuck i'm like dude what is, you can't be talking about shit you people you beat up when you were in fucking high school like, oh, dude, dude. I, yeah <laughs> he, he he would be a star that's what I. That's what I keep telling him. He's like. He's like. That's just not for me. Yeah. He said it in the podcast too. He's like. He's like. I know that at any point that I want to, like, I could start a YouTube channel and then just you know use you as clickbait or use like all the people that you know as clickbait, and and be that. But he's like, it's just not for me. I respect that. Um, the the one thing that I've learned though about being on the in in like semi popular on 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 the internet is that you become more popular to the people that you don't really know or that you didn't really fuck with or talk to on, like, on a regular basis because their kids do watch and then they see like they're like i want to be a streamer and obviously they see like the orgs and like who's who's what who the you know who's this character and that character like just yesterday judith told me that um one of her friend's sons who i've met but they were like fucking kids they, they started freaking out when they when because they were watching one of my vlogs and her friend's like oh that's my friend's husband He's like, you've met him. And he's like, what? No, we haven't. No, we haven't. And they started freaking out. And I'm like, man, these kids got to be like 13. Zero chance that they've watched me for like an extended period of time. Yeah. And I don't know what it is or how they get introduced to certain things. Like maybe it's Call of Duty and that's how they, they know me because it certainly isn't something else. And I just assume that any kid that's that enjoys YouTube now or gaming content is not a Call of Duty fan. It's more like a, like a Fortnite person. You know what I mean? So I get like super weirded out by shit like that. Yeah. Actually... One of my favorite stories, I think, from the last year of like fan interactions, um, I went to, it was before COVID happened, but my girlfriend's best friend was having a wedding in Arizona yeah. at this uh, resort, and they got a golf course there, and I had never met any of them before, and so I, I, I'm not nervous meeting anybody anymore, uh, just because I've met people that have made me nervous, and once you get over that interaction, you're just like, all right, whatever. So I'm usually pretty good around new people. Let's go. How you doing? Nice to meet you. Pretty charismatic. And uh, so I had no doubt that they, I, I wanted them to like me because I care about Haley a lot and I, want, I wanted to make a good impression. So we walk up on the outside patio and uh, 
the bride and the and the groom they were having lunch with Haley's best friends and their parents and so we're just sitting down and no I, I shit you not in like the span of 30 minutes I had three people come up to me to take a picture one which worked there one that just walked off the golf course and one that like want to buy me a drink yeah and it, it, it just was so much easier not everyone was just like looking around like what does he do again because I don't really know if they got the whole story or understood yeah. what I actually did. And it was that moment where I'm just like, all right, this 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 is dope. <laughs> yeah. like, I was just like, what's up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Matt. How you doing? <laughs> don't call me Nate Shot. Party interruption, but I got to tell you about today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is none other than DoorDash. DoorDash has been such a big supporter of the Hex Quarters and the Eavesdrop Podcast. I got to tell you, I get excited every single time I see them in there. As a daily user myself... I obviously am excited to every single time that I get to promote something that I am a big fan of, as I am with DoorDash, right? Whether it's the amount of Zoom calls that I'm taking, the amount of uh, phone calls and meetings that I have to go to, uh, the editing, the, I mean, you name it, right? When we have the, the, the hex quarters full of people that needs to be fed when we're doing content, guess who we call? We don't call anybody. We open up our DoorDash application and order uh, anything from our favorite restaurants, our favorite local restaurants. Specifically in this day and age, we have to support our local restaurants and this allows us to do that with contactless delivery which means that they drop it off you go outside you pick it up you wave at the driver you say thank you so much i appreciate the hard work tip them well gosh darn it why not and uh grab your food bring it upstairs and tell scum to stop stop man here's your food just eat it and let's get back to work okay because doordash is the application that brings you food that you're craving right now right to your door Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash application, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside of your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Okay, uh, With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, mate, uh, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, check, Wendy's, check, Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> That that uh, that Cajun pasta. I mean, come on, you can't even you can't even argue with me on that one. Right now, our listeners can get five dollars off and zero delivery fees on the first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash application and enter code Eavesdrop. That is code Eavesdrop. E A V E S D R O P. I don't know anybody that orders food that isn't more than fifteen bucks. Okay, if you are, live life a little, enjoy it. Okay, that's five dollars off your. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash application in the App Store and record eavesdrop. And I'm going to tell you again, one more time, in case you didn't hear me the first time, you get $5 off zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash application and enter code E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P. Thank you so much, DoorDash. I appreciate you. Thank you for the support. Let's get back to my brother, Nate Shot. Uh, but yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from because... Whenever I meet a young kid now, I, 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 I feel like they only know me by association to people that they know. Um, like if they've seen me in a video with Symphony or Ninja, Ninja Tim. Oh, Tim, exactly. But now Warzone's actually helped me out a lot because, you know, Fortnite, I played for like the first six months and I actually had some really good videos on there that popped yeah. off. Yeah. But these kids don't know who the yeah, fuck yeah. I am. I'm like old generation. But now in Warzone, you know, I'm posting my clips again, I'm uploading YouTube videos and it's been like kick back up and more people are recognizing me again yeah what's what's crazy is that we had this i, I was who the fuck was that? i was just talking about this there was a time where i would you and i would not be in the same area together at mlg events because i knew that you had to go do your thing and if i had to walk through there 
if you had to play, then I would go with you. That way I could be like, yo, you got to do fucking media in the back. And I would sit back and just talk to the fans. But Scump still to this day, let's just, just like everywhere he goes. Obviously, he's a redhead and fucking very recognizable. Oh, dude. So like he just gets fucking recognized everywhere that we go. Yeah. And and um deservingly so. Yeah, yeah. And and I and I tell him I'm like, dude, you know what's nuts about about you and and Nade is the fact that you guys have been doing this shit for like almost 10 years and you guys are still like mad relevant. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like at, at, at no point do you ever think of 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 you and him or like, oh shit, yeah, they used to be mad big. You know what I mean? They're still like they're they're both. I tell Scub, I, I was talking to him. He's like he's like, well, you know, my stream doesn't do as, as good as it does. I'm like, dude, you're a fucking professional yeah, player. Can you imagine if Seth focused tried? on one on one thing, right? Bro, it, it goes both ways. I I I I truly believe you know, and Seth is getting paid well, you yeah. know, playing for the Huntsman, and he can still win tournaments, and he's capable of doing that. And it's a hard chapter to close in that book. And obviously, you get you probably don't want him to yet, or you might want him to do whatever you want. But yeah. if Seth, I think if Seth would have like quit call of duty and went like full-time on Fortnite, and was a full-time warzone streamer yeah he'd be five times as big as Agreed. he is now i mean he don't even give a fuck about his youtube channel he, like he goes on like year-long hiatuses i go on hiatuses but not as long as he does yeah and if he actually tried dude he has like six thousand concurrence while everybody else is streaming warzone while he's playing scrims excuse me he's not even talking to the chat yeah he's not even trying yeah if seth applied himself and quit all this competing bullshit, bro. Yeah. He would be, dude. Get out. Forget about it. Yeah, I I talk to him all the time, and I, obviously, like he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Like I want to, I I tell him all the time, like whatever you want to do, I got your back. Like yeah. I don't I don't give a shit. Like we're gonna be friends regardless. Like that's that's just how it goes. But I tell him, I'm like, any single time that people rank him, like when fucking uh you know nameless who's just in the pocket, you watch it was really a really good one. When nameless, when like all these new sources like talk about about Seth and how he's not in a, in in some people's top ten. You know what I'm Wild. saying? Like, it's and I, I think hey, I think people it, forget quickly. No, the thing is, is like I know, like psychologically, they don't want to give him his props because they want to up other people. You know what I mean? And they want to say this guy's way better than this guy and this guy's. And look, Simp, uh, fucking incredible fucking player, right? Like uh, I, I, I think he's like insane, right? But when they when they sort of compare the two, I'm like, I mean, you can't compare the two because yeah, no, you're out of your mind. I mean, I can take this one because I know. I mean, I never played against him. I, actually, no, that's a lie. I played against him in like S and D tournaments here and there. And when he fucking left, Look, you know what I'm saying? That's what he's been saying. incredible for the last three years. And when everything's said and done, I bet Simp will go down as like a top ten player. I don't watch and yeah. follow as closely as I used to, but people people forget too quickly like how dominant Seth actually was. Yeah, especially especially in four v four. Now, obviously, we had a rough go of it in some tournaments, some years while we were teaming together. But Seth was unkillable in certain games. Like Modern Warfare 3, nobody was touching Seth. Mm -mm. Black Ops 2, I mean, he was breaking hard points by himself. I mean, people got to give Seth the credit that he deserves. And even if there's like old school COD pros that aren't giving him like top 10 credit, yeah. they're fucking tripping. Oh, they're, yeah. They're and that's hating. not even because I, I, like, I love Seth. Same. It's because I played with him and I saw what he used to do. Objectively. Seth's an all-time great. Yeah, objectively, when I see him being ranked, like, it's a nuts, I'm like, I'm like, he's, he's dividing his focus into two different things and he's still shitting on young fucking people yeah. that are up and comers. You know what I mean? Like, if he focused just on being a professional Call of Duty player, you don't think that if he didn't stream and he didn't have to stream and he didn't have to be entertaining and all he did was look at a screen and call out, not fucking look over at the shit. Thank you for the donation. Thank you for this. Like, you, don't, you don't think that he'd be way better than he is right now? I don't think that has much to do. I, I, yeah, I get that. I just don't think he cares as much. Uh, about what? Winning. 
No, he does. Well, I know he wants to win. Yeah. I'm just saying, though, when you're young and hungry and you haven't... You haven't made it? He, 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 I mean, he's won a world championship. He's won two gold medals. He's won MLG events. Like, he's... Bro, people don't remember. Like, people weren't following. They weren't around in, like, Black Ops 1 and all these old-school generation Call of Duty games. I, if you don't have Scump in your top 10, you're out of your fucking mind. And if, I if, if I competed against you or you came from the, the, the first generation of Call of Duty players, you don't have Seth in your top 10, you're a fucking hater. A hundred percent. Like, I, I understand it's like people, you know, it, people ranking these new players. Like, I hear, I hear Shotzi's really good. I've never seen him play. He's really good. I see people talk about Sim. People talk, I don't even know other players that they talk about. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have Seth in your top 10, you're just playing out Yeah, I, I think, yeah, they don't, though. I've seen lists where he's not even, like, in the top 10. Well, I want to know who. Well, I mean, it's easily you can find it easily, but uh, it, it, it's uh, well, I don't you got any fun. names on top of your head? No players that I would know that didn't have him in his top ten. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think nameless fucking uh, who else? There's anyway, I, I don't give a fuck. Some people say this shit just be controversial. Too. Yeah, yeah, no, like I, nameless. Yeah, yeah, I, I, actually, I like Ant a lot. Yeah, same, same, same. But he's trying to be like the Stephen A. Smith or uh, you know, like <laughs> no, I mean it's true. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean all these takes that he would give on broadcast that people get mad about him. Yeah. I mean, Ant's not a stupid person. There's no. no way he's not saying this shit so that, you know, it generates more controversy. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what, like, that first take show is. It was yeah. Stephen A. Smith and uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, they were on a show together at first, and then one went to, like, Fox oh, Sports. Oh, uh, what's his name? Fucking Rick Bayless. Yeah, Rick Bayless says all this wild shit, and that's why they're making so much money. Yeah, I don't even know where I got that name from. I never watched a single show. Yeah, but you just know. Um, anyway, so I, I I always go back to the fact that I'm like, you guys have been like stayed at the top. Like, you just fucking hit twenty six thousand subs, and you're not a fucking like consistent uh, one thousand. Well, whatever. Fuck, yeah. man. What's the difference at that point? Hey, man, I'm I'm grateful. I you know what? Every single time that I take a break from YouTube, or I'm not uploading as much. I wouldn't even consider the breaks that I took in the last two or three years since Hundred Thieves started as breaks. Yeah, it's just a different workflow like a different responsibilities that i have and i miss uploading to youtube consistently and i'm sure everyone at the company would love if i uploaded more but it's just my life is different right because in the first two years it, it was kind of like split responsibilities where my life before every single day the goal was to get a new video out and go and do something fun yes. for that video but at the beginning of the company there was like an expectation from some people that i should be in the office every single day you know, helping build the business. Mm -hmm. And so it just became difficult to balance. And I think we've now found a comfortable spot where I can work on the things that I think are really fun and really cool. And there's a level of trust that, you know, some days I might not be working and some days I might take off during the week. But yeah. when I'm getting the shit done that needs to be get done, even if it's a lot of fun for me, it's still, you know, helping build this community of 100 Thieves and build this business and sell apparel yeah. and generate yeah. views. You know, I'm doing my shit. So when, when we first did the podcast two years ago, almost October, I asked you, had your life changed now that you're the CEO of an organization? You're like, are you kidding me? It changed me to my core. Yeah. Like everything about you had changed, right? You, you'd be going into the office at, at nine o'clock. You were always there and then you were doing the same. This was before you guys even got the compound. Yeah. Has from from a business perspective as a businessman, because you know you're you're not just a businessman, you're a businessman. <laughs> have you have you have you like fallen in like super love with like the business aspect of it, the entrepreneur like aspect of it? Yeah, I, I believe so. I mean, you know, there's something to be said about working for your equity, and it's you know it's it's like short term value versus long term value, right? Where every single day I was just trying to maximize how much money I could make in a day. Where now I'm trying to maximize how much you know, attention and, and how much I can generate for a hundred thieves. 
So I would say from an entrepreneur standpoint, I, I, I've definitely fallen in love with aspects of it. I mean, there's certain things that I miss, you know, the freedom uh, that I had as an individual. Yeah, I even talk about that on stream, but I really love what we're doing at 100 Thieves. Um, there, there, there's times where I'm frustrated because I can't touch every part of the business and there are parts of the business that I shouldn't be touching anyways, cause it's not my expertise. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think everything funnels back like to me at some point. If you can talk about it. You no, know, just like operational stuff. Like I'm not, I, I don't want to be a manager. Like yeah. I don't want to manage people. Yeah. Right. Because I, I think I do my best work when people can compliment me and help me uh, succeed at the things that I want to do. Whereas People like John, who's my uh, partner and uh, CEO of Hundred Thieves and President, mm -hmm. he's really good at, you know, building uh, careers for other individuals and yeah. helping them uh, find growth in their own career in their own life. Well, I, I can't do that, dude. I like it's just not. It's just what not. What you do though for influencers? No, I, no, I do. I, I mean, I do to a certain extent. I just mean from like a day to day. You know, we have over like forty employees at the company. Like, I just, I'm not going to be the one that's managing and 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 telling them what to do every day, right? I don't know. It's I, I really enjoy what I do. Uh, I mean, the same sentiment, whatever I said in 2018 is probably the same now. Um, and the the great thing that I have right now is a lot of resources at my disposal. Right. So I think like the next goal for me is starting up, you know, like a sports centered um, media arm of 100Ds. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna, all going to stem from golf. Like it's yeah. going to start with golf. I have some plans and I keep talking about them. I've been talking about them for months now. Like I want to make uh, course vlogs and a bunch of different golf content because I feel like that has been my first passion besides 100 Thieves mm -hmm. post competing. Yeah. Right. Because I loved Call of Duty for a long time and it was what I did and I've fallen back in love with it with Warzone, but it's not what I want to do every single day. Golf is something that I love to do every single day, no matter what the situation is. So it naturally... I have all of this foundation that we've built with 100 Thieves and we have like a 15 person production team. Yeah. There's no reason why I shouldn't start something that I love again within yeah. 100 Thieves. So yeah. it, it, 100 Thieves gives me an opportunity to really express my creativity and the things that I want to do. So yeah. I, I really do love it. And I love the people that I work with too. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, sometimes I need to be by myself and I want to be around people, but most days it's great seeing everyone and I feel like empowered to go and do more. Yeah, I, th I think, well, one, I think that's a great fucking thing that you're doing. Obviously, when when you focus on one thing too much, you sort of fall out of love with it. And the only way to miss something is to step away from it, which is why I think that you've been so good at it, right? Which is why I think that you you can step away from something and then come back and just be as passionate about it and it translates and people just fall back in the old, old feelings as to why they watch you. So you being passionate about golf and wanting to start that sort of business around there i think it's like a, a genius move if you're able to pull it off the right way which you i mean what what is there not to pull off it's a vlog centered around something that you love already yeah you get good characters around you like i think rich or shibby would be fucking perfect uh i, I said earlier that uh the spence would be funny too if, if yeah you, you well, know the, the thing about golf content is is that if you go on youtube and I love the guys at GM Golf. They're they're great. They're one of the you know few groups or few people that are doing it right. I really like Rick Shields. And uh, other than that, I mean, I don't really follow anybody else because a lot of golf content is just instructional and tutorials and how to get better at golf. Yeah. And uh, even the guys at Barcelona do it pretty well. Foreplay, I like them a lot too. Um, and I feel like those three people that I just listed, it's it's a good combination of watching like pretty good golfers and some personality, and they have fun with it. Whereas I, 
I, I, I really believe I'm, I'm not the best golfer in the world. I've, I'm like, for anybody that plays golf, I'm a 12 handicap, 12.5. Yeah. But I'm trying to get better every single day. But I feel like there needs to be more fun yeah. in the videos yes. while you're golfing, right? Where the GM golf guys, they are really good at golf. And their personalities shine through from time to time. Um, but I, I, I'm not going to be them, right? I'm not going to be going out there uh, and shooting like mid seventies and just, I mean, basically playing par golf, which is really yeah. almost being scratched. They probably are scratch. Uh, I want to have more whatever fun. that means. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to, I want to just have more fun in the course. And obviously you're going to see technical aspects of golf in there because my buddy Rich is really good at golf. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to have more fun on the course. Cause that's what every guy goes and does. Yeah. You go out on the course, maybe to get away from your life for a little bit. You get away from your wife, get away from your life, uh, drink some beers and have some fun in this playing this beautiful game. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. And I think it could do really well. I just got to go and do it. I just keep talking about it. And I haven't been doing it. Yeah. Is that is there something that's holding you back from doing it? Or? Uh, no, I would say uh, other responsibilities on Hunter these, right? Because uh, during COVID, I've, I've like felt a responsibility stream every single day and I and I enjoy it. He, like you said, I, I was killing it in subs and I took some time off and time off. I just wasn't streaming as much every single day. Yeah um so it's like every single week i got to do a content house video i got to do a podcast uh i have phone calls i got to be a part of and talk about the broader strategy 100 thieves we're yeah. working on apparel we're doing a bunch of different things so it's really just a uh having my priorities straight um we're working on, I'm, I'm probably going to hire an executive assistant to help me with my schedule and my calendar so i can stay on task uh more efficiently and uh it's really trying to balance i mean when you think about it I've got my main YouTube channel, which hasn't been getting uploaded to very often, mm-hmm. which needs to change. I've got my second channel, which I have a great editor that's been helping me. I'm streaming like six hours a day. Then I have to take care of everything else regarding 100 Thieves. We're doing like photo shoots, yeah. like I said, podcasts, yeah, I got videos. Yeah. And uh, it's finding time to do something different yeah. while juggling all of that, which has been really daunting for me. And when I have a lot of things to do, I procrastinate because I just am overwhelmed by the thought of getting it done. Yeah, I do think that you you're you're not utilizing your brand enough, like outside of this this gaming shit. You know what I mean? I think like you're like in the in the prime position to where I'll be. I'm, like I'm like I'm jealous of like what what you could be fucking doing because it's just like massive shit that that you just like can do, but time just doesn't allow for shit to happen a certain way. You know what I mean? Like I. I, I'll always put my money on you and Seth, obviously, because you guys are like my boys and shit. But there is like just not a lot of people. I mean, if you think about everybody that grew up when we grew up, essentially on YouTube, like not, a lot of people have moved on, and not for any other reason besides the fact that just they just get burnt out, and that's like an actual thing. For me, like my my vlog right now is like sort of fun, but at the same time, I'm just like I've done it. I did it for so so fucking long, and to continue to do that, like. I just want to do it when I feel like I got to pick up the camera and yeah. do it. And like me editing it again gave me that that sense of old school back. And that's why I liked it. But then Maddie's fucking bored just editing one video, one podcast a week, plus all the Huntsman shit. So I don't know. I don't know what to do with my channel. You know what I mean? Like I, I love doing the podcast, but quarantine has sort of put a, a damper on things. And as far as like a cooking show with my brother or as far as like, you know, taste taco tasting with my brother, like, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that you that I always have to go through as a creative person because I I don't want to do a vlog and somebody says like yo that's the best vlog you've ever done if he fucking touched it you know what I mean like I can't take full credit for that and I hate that yeah 
No, and I totally understand that. But that's what being a creative is all about, right? I mean, when you think of the people that are most creative or that we would look at from the outside in that are most creative, it's like artists. Uh, I mean, people in music, they, they spend years just making one single album. Yeah. And I think that's the tough thing about YouTube and creators in this space and the reason why they get burnt out. And we talk about it a lot, but you make one video today and you're really excited about it. You spend a ton of time editing it. You're really proud of it. You get it uploaded. It's got maybe like a 48-hour to 72-hour window where people will appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But you can't even bask in that because yeah. you're already thinking about the next day and what's next. Yeah. And so I think that's why I've loved 100 Thieves so much because it, it, it gives me time in the background to work on something that will yield results in the future. Yeah. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you make a daily vlog for so long you're not even excited about what you're doing because you think, well, I've done this a million times already and it's not satisfying. It's not scratching that itch that I have. And I think that's why a lot of people have left YouTube or have gone on to work on different business ventures because it's just not, it's not healthy at, at, at a certain point. And there's a lot of people on YouTube that are really successful uh, that make a ton of videos, get a lot of views and, I, and I, they make a lot of money. But I can guarantee you at least like 75% of those people are only doing it because they're making so much money. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, look at like Skydo's Minecraft, I think is a perfect example for okay. this, where he was like the king of Minecraft. Yeah, he was the king of legend. YouTube. He was, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, definitely like one of the all-time most successful Amen. In, in that era. And he was just fucking done at a certain point. He, he just had to, he had to quit. He quit everything, right? And he took a couple years off, tried the music thing. I know he had a bunch of stuff going on in his personal life, and I don't know the whole story. Yeah. But now, like, if you go back and look at Skydo's Minecraft, he's trying to make videos again because, you know, sometimes it really is just a break that you need. And whether that's one year, one month, a couple weeks, or five years, at, at, at a certain point, it's like, oh, shit, I had a really big platform. I got to get back to this. Yeah. So it's not... A, there's a lot of things that are easy about it. There's a lot of things that aren't. There's a lot of people that don't see... What they don't see from the outside. Mm-hmm. It's a... It's just a, it's an interesting industry that we work in. Yeah, I love I I I love it obviously like I I do but I do feel sometimes like a vlog specifically everything else like I don't mind I I do every so often the Googans they they get together once a once a month and then they one weekend and they film videos that whole weekend as programming for the rest of it. I love being a part of those videos because it's like not my audience at all and I get to be just me without the the shroud of you got to be fucking professional or this, that, and the other. Not that I'm super professional, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And I just get to be me. You know what I mean? I love fucking being in those videos because one, I like fishing, but two, I, just, I, I like interacting with other content creators that didn't grow up with me in a sense. And that to me is like super, super fucking fire. Um, uh, and in from a streaming perspective, like I'm not good enough to fucking have an entertaining show you know what i mean like i like to stream when hutch is streaming because i get to still be a part of a show in a sense but i'm not the main character and it doesn't solely rely on that i don't play call of duty enough to be you know putting up the numbers that i need to be putting but i do have a ton of fun fucking playing it i have a ton of ton, a ton of fun fucking bantering with fucking hutch and diesel i love doing that shit yeah. but for me to be the main protagonist of that show not for me yeah. minecraft Different story. I, I'll always play that shit nonstop, and it'll be like my love. Period. Yeah. Um, I, I, think I, I think that's why I've gotten really into Warzone lately, bro. There was like a moment that happened like two weeks ago, and it, it kind of charged me up. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I feel like I'm catching the itch again. Yeah. From like a competitive standpoint. Now, obviously, I, I can't, I can't stream the number of hours that Symphony does. Right. He's in the basement every morning at four o'clock, streaming eight hours a day, sometimes longer, and he's so fucking good. Yeah. And uh, 
he was having a conversation, I think, with Huskers about who they should team with for this next Warzone tournament. They needed to find somebody, and they asked Cloak, and he couldn't, or I forget the exact situation. And uh, my entire chat's like, Why don't you, you play with them, you play with them, you play with them. So I mute my mic. I'm like, hey, just so you all know, I, first of all, I know Symphony and Huskers. They have won tournaments before. They're really good. And if they don't ask me, I'm not, I'm not going to ask them. Yeah. You know, like if they don't, if I, they're playing with me right now, having this conversation in front of me, it's clearly because they don't think I'm good enough yeah. to play with them. And that shit, I think, really motivated me because I, I know I'm a good Warzone player and I enjoy streaming it, which is the best part, which is why I brought it up. Because now, after playing a few tournaments and seeing like what it takes to actually win, I'm not, I'm not going to claim that I'm the best Warzone player. And there's a lot of these, these kids that play wagers all day. And it, it, it kind of reminds me of like the S&D community, right? Because pro players would scrim all day and they were considered the best players from what people saw. But there were some really talented S&D kids that yeah. just grinded. And that's all they did. And that's why they were so good at it. And that Warzone has the same thing. It's like you have this genre of player that they're not in the CDL, yeah. but they're really fucking good. So it's always going to be tough to play against those guys just because they spend so many hours doing this. And I don't. Yeah. But I feel like if I, if I spend my time wisely enough, I could be really, really good. Yeah. Like take it to the next level of Warzone. Yeah. So I want to start playing more of these tournaments. And the are best you, part of it is I get to Keyboard or controller? No, I went to controller. You went back to controller? My KD went up like 1.75 when Damn. I switched back. And I thought it was pretty good at keyboard and mouse. Yeah. Not as good as Symphony and Huskers though. And so controller just changed. It's really just a movement thing. I mean, you can aim just fine on keyboard and mouse. But the other thing is, it's, it's the close range gunfights that fuck you up. Close yeah. to mid range. Yeah. Because... If this tripod in front of me was somebody that I need to shoot in Warzone, with aim assist and a controller, I've d done it my whole life. That's a kill. Yeah. 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. But on PC with a keyboard and mouse, I might miss a shot or two, and you don't realize how substantial that is. And that one bullet or two that you miss against a good player, you're going to die. Yeah. So I had to go back to controller. Yeah. I'm cracked now. Yeah. So speaking of uh, Warzone keyboard players and that, there's um, obviously a rumor that call of duty might be going back to 4v4 you know that's who knows right like they, they don't even tell us right or they haven't told us whether it is or it isn't do you think that there is going to be a time in which crossplay is a thing could it be viable i don't know if i just answer this one why well i signed like ndas in the process of talking about the call of duty league do i think it could be viable. I mean, yeah. I don't know how it would play out, though, right? Because I think controller players, from an aim assist perspective, you even seen it in Fortnite, where PC players claim that aim assist was so strong on Fortnite yeah. that it had to be nerfed. And you, like, you couldn't even compete. Mm -hmm. Like P Controller players were just going to win. I think... When you go back and look at like the genesis of competitive Call of Duty, it started with Pro Mod. And I mean, some of the things that these guys would do, and in Warzone is a great example now, some of these PC players, what they can do is mm -hmm. absolutely ridiculous. So I think it would be viable. I just have a hard time really honing in on who would be better. Me too. I think the controller players would still come out on top. I do too. A lot of people say, obviously, look, from, from an aim perspective, like nobody's talking trash about the ability for some PC player to aim better than some pros, 
that that play on a controller. Uh, but it isn't gonna be as easy as just like jumping in and and doing like it's a it's a it's a whole process, right? Like a, a respawn, for example, to learn where to throw a nade to block the spawn to know where the next spawn is coming. Like that's not something that people like necessarily do. If you think about um, what what sort of shooters are there besides besides Overwatch, what other shooters out there that have like a respawn game mode? In no, it? but good players will learn that really quickly. I mean, you, think? you don't. Yeah, you don't have to be the you know the, the brightest. Uh, star in the sky to figure out spawns like that that just comes with playing what i think it comes down to is call of duty competitive call of duty does not take these snapshot reactions right like that i i think general players you know that hop on for a couple hours after work when people talk to me like hey what sensitivity you play on just people that are friends yeah. and tr trying to figure out well, what do you how do you do this how do you play as well as you do and they're all playing on these fast ass sensitivities, right? Yeah. I mean, even like snipers back in the day for like that were making montages, they're playing like 10 10, maxed out. I would argue 16. that 85% of the pro players are on like 5 5 or 6 6 or yeah. below. Yeah. Like you don't need a fast sensitivity to be good at Call of Duty. Yeah. It's really about, like you said, understanding spawns, knowing where players can be and when they're going to be, and, 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 and understanding tendencies. And you don't need these snapshot reactions. So, from a competitive standpoint, on these small maps, I mean, aiming comes down to, you know, fractions of seconds, but the best players, it, I think it's like 75%. No, I would say it's like 50% aim and then 50% of just awareness, mm -hmm. just awareness on the map. So even if you are on PC, it's really just going to come down to how smart of a player you are. Yeah. Because everyone can aim. Yeah. And I think obviously with when you're a streamer, Except you're fucking me, apparently. What? No, no I, you don't play enough. That's what I keep telling myself. I don't play enough. That's why I lost that gunfight. You know what I mean? Like, the only reason Hutch is getting more kills is because he's on every single fucking day shooting more than I am. If I get my reps in, if I play at least even fucking four hours a day, Hutch is going back to where he belongs. Follow me, Hutch. I'm not following you no more. H hold this pocket, my dude. Hold my pocket. Um, Dr. Disrespect comes back after a long one-month hiatus. And streams with five hundred thousand people on on uh, on YouTube, mm -hmm. right? That that sort of and, and and yeah, granted, there's like a lot of a lot of how do you call it? A, a, a lot of missing information. It's drama. It's mystery. Yeah, mystery. Yeah, it's mysterious, right? Like he he all of a sudden he's banned from Twitch, and when when that first happened and the everybody just fucking immediately started going to the negative right like as to what could have happened this i'm like i'm like, i'm not even going to text the dude i know this dude since fucking 2009 like i think we have a pretty good relationship you know what i mean it, outside of the game even um i just couldn't i couldn't text him i couldn't text him to to check in on him i couldn't check cuz i was just like man he's going through his own shit i'm not going to get involved in that one it's not in my business like we're friends and shit but business is like business and i'm not i'm not going to i'm not going to you know, do this shit. But the fact that he comes back to 500,000 people on a platform that he hasn't been streaming on, it really shows the power of what YouTube is going to be. I always have YouTube as the, as the, as the, as the game winner. Twitch will always be there. Twitch is always going to be the channel there, the way that Fox Sports is uh, there, the way that ESPN is there. There's like room for everybody to be. But I think YouTube will always and forever have the hold. Of I mean, YouTube's massive, dude. I mean, Twitch is great for what it is, but yeah. YouTube is... I mean, shout out to my boy Fwiz. Yeah, he did it. it. He invented YouTube. Yeah, he did. Uh, but 
But I also, I, I mean, Dr. Disrespect, like his production and his creativity around streaming is yeah. second to none. I mean, it's the best in the business. Yeah. The thing is, though, I mean, this is what happens. I mean, drama and mystery drives engagement. It drives interest. It's like every single time somebody's been banned from Twitch, it's come back bigger. Tifu got banned for like a couple weeks or a month or whatever it was, came back and was the size of Ninja. You know, uh, you had Dr. Disrespect go through similar things for filming in the bathroom. Yeah. Comes back bigger. It, I mean, the mystery behind why Dr. Disrespect was banned going to YouTube fueled a ton of this 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 interest and yeah. this need for more information. Uh, I, I texted Doc. I consider Doc to be a friend as well. And uh, I'm a fan of him on and off camera. Yeah. Um, my thing is, though, I, I just think that there's no way that he, him and his team don't know why he was banned. I think that's Cap. You think? Cap has to be. It has to be. I mean, there's, there's absolutely no way. It, it has to be a legal matter that only employees of Twitch that are handling it and their lawyers can mm -hmm. talk about with Dr. Disrespect, Dr. Disrespect's legal counsel and team. Yeah. It, it's the only thing that makes sense. You, don't, you can't just get banned after signing a multi-million dollar contract with no explanation, yeah, it has to be a legal issue. I don't know. It's it's to me is it's one of those things where I don't think we'll ever find out. I think it's it's gone beyond. We'll that. find out one day. You think? Absolutely. Everything is found out when everything's finally settled. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be uh, six months from now, a year from now, years from now. We're going to find out eventually, yeah. and I don't know how we're going to find out, but we will. There's no way that it just can't happen. Is it because there's the internet and everything gets found out or why? No, I just think it's, it, I think it's a legal issue that has implications that nobody can speak about it until everything has been settled. That's my best guess. Yeah. That's, the, that's what I truly think. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm in, that, in that point where I'm just like, man, who fucking knows? Like I, imagine if we would have taken every single advantage from the beginning like us from the beginning and just like over dramatized everything like we we did a really good job of not being the fucking clickbait kings which we could have yeah but clickbait didn't get big on youtube until like 2014 2015 when like, no, like it's like the same thing with talking about money and or buying cars on youtube that shit yeah. used to be cliche people used to be really upset about it but yeah. the culture changed yeah and then everybody saw the views that people were getting from clickbaiting and it and it finally started like if you're not clickbaiting, you're not doing well on YouTube. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. I mean, with all the shit that we went through with like me and Seth and the Merc. different iterations of the Optic House and Joey. Yeah. Uh, you know, us replacing him with J Cap and everybody and coming in and out of the house. Yeah. Dude, I mean, we could have cashed out. Yeah. I mean, from the from what we knew, we were maximizing. No, our we efforts, knew but we knew, like we we knew that this could have, like we could have done a lot there, like yeah. I, like we knew that if we talked about it or if we were a little bit more transparent or if we were, to, I don't, I was just always afraid of what would happen to the other person. You know what I mean? Like if we if we talked about just like shit that we, you know what I mean? Like I like being transparent is good, but sometimes like just going all out and saying like everything, like it's it's not just damaging in certain scenarios for, for, for the org, but also for, like, the specific individual. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And on top of that, I feel like the, uh, audiences hold people that are part of esports organizations to a higher standard. Yeah. I've dealt with that at 100 Thieves, where I get judged 
at a certain level because we are an esports organization. Yeah. And that has its pros and cons. That's why I'm not as funny as I can be. Yeah, right? Yeah, no, nah, he's I, good. I, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's tough, dude. There's a lot of yellow tape. Yeah, the the thing is, like, obviously, I wouldn't change my who I am for anything, right? Like, I I don't even mind like toning it down for the camera. I don't mind not you know being me that that the the way that I want to be. It does get to you, like losing sleep. To me, is like the true definition of success. Being able to fall asleep peacefully, and I, I even told Jude, I'm like, listen, if there's, if there's something going on in our personal lives. Not just between me and her, but just like family stuff or uh, friends, you know, like real life friends. Uh, I'm just like, please don't tell me if I'm in the bedroom. If I'm in the bedroom, like it's, it's there's no time to be talking. Well, if I if I'm in my PJs, if I'm sunk in watching TV, I like the last thing I want is for any sort of stress or work or anything to come into my life and just like be that. I have my phone on Do Not Disturb, but then I have like everybody. I have I have you, Seth, and all my all my all my people are my favorites. So those calls come in. So if at 3 a.m. in the morning, fucking somebody's in jail and I have to get them out because they were too drunk or whatever, then I have that ability ability to go do that. But that's the only time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's the only time I do that. And it, it does suck to be in the, in the middle of fucking drama. Dude, I don't know how some people do it, man. Like I just, I just can't do it. I, I, I just have so much inner peace knowing that for the most part, Nobody's mad at me. Yeah. Like there's something you said it. about just being neutral ground, just getting to live your life and not having a bunch of people on the internet mad at you. Yeah. I just can't do I like I don't want to deal with it. I've I've I uh I did it when when the first you and Nick thing happened. Like in my podcast, I'm like, uh look, I I kinda know what happened. Obviously we never talked about it in detail, but I kinda know what happened because it sort of happened with you and me, right? With the the, the whatever. And I was just like I'm like I, I understand where Nate's coming from. Like I'm uh, like, if I had to pick a side, I'd pick his side. And then he, you know, he hit me up and he's like, he's like, yo, you know, what's up with that? Like, you know, blah blah. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I shouldn't have said that. And I'm like, man, that sucks that I said that. Right. Uh, the same thing when when the whole infinite thing was happening and everybody was shitting on me because of the Halo thing and everybody was shitting on me because of the decisions. I was just like, I could have defended myself, but I knew what would happen. You know what I mean? I knew what would happen to the people that were ultimately making me lose face with the people that had trusted me for so many fucking years and i knew that it'd be really easy for me to be like it's not my fault you know this is what's happening yeah. but me saying that would would be admitting something that i never wanted to admit that i had lost control of the thing that i fucking love yeah and that to me was like the most painful thing that i had to go through and that drama for that fucking that, that six months like really fucking fucked with me like mentally physically just from a stress standpoint I'm, I'm really good at fucking like if something's bad like i i bottle it up put it in a certain thing and that's what it is i was really fucking good at that until the fucking optic thing happened yeah you know what i mean i was just like i would go to i would go to sleep thinking about it and when i would wake up is the first thing that popped in my head if I wake up thinking about something bad that's happening in my life. Like I know that I'm not living a good life and oh, I don't want to fucking do that. It's the worst. Yeah. And I, I did that for fucking eight months. I don't know. Yeah. I, I remember talking to you how stressed out you were about all of it and I, like how much was going on. And I, I, I fell for you because it's like everything was going so well for me with hundred thieves and you had to deal with that stress. It's just fucking annoying. I, I don't know how drama channels do it, man. I don't like, it's just tough, dude. Like when people have internet beef, man, like I just, Oh, bro, I can't even do it. Yeah, I don't know. Even even in 
even like small situations, it's it's not even fucking worth it. Like at the end of the day, it's not even fucking worth it. Bro, it is not. I mean, unless you don't like if you don't have any regard for how, your reputation, how what people think about you. Yeah. Then hey, fuck it. Throw caution in the wind. Like who cares? But for me, it's like you know, I represent an organization. We have a ton of sponsors. We have employees that are building a career here. Like there's so much on the line. We have tens of millions of dollars from investors. Yeah. Like I have to be on my best behavior in most situations because it's not just me that I'm worrying about now. It's everything else that has been built over the last three years could come crumbling down if I make the wrong move or misstep yeah. in any way. And so, dude, even like, of course, when I'm scrolling my timeline and someone says something to me, like I, like I want to tell that person my side and yeah. I want to explain things that have happened or yeah. how things transpired. Um, just so that someone can sit there and then make a decision. But I don't even like even small things. Like I just won't address it. There's yeah. no point. There's no point. Like the KSI and like Logan Paul. Like, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I don't know if that's real. You I think I mean? it's real. I think I, 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 it has to be real. Yeah. But they're both smart businessmen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Like they've done, they're good for each other, which is why it's good to sort of, I think the beef between KSI and Jake Paul is actually very real. Yeah. But I think Logan you know what? I told a lot of people that uh, Mike and Logan Paul invited me to come on their podcast, which I'm going to do impulsive. Yeah. And people in my chat were like, L, 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 L. First of all, I'm a huge fan of Mike and Logan Paul. Yeah. I, I think Logan Paul made a mistake, and I think he was actually remorseful yeah. of that mistake. When a lot of people think, like, well, why did he do it in the first place? Well, that's it's it was a lapse of judgment, a, a terrible yeah. lapse of judgment at that. Yeah. But I'm actually a really bag, big fan of Logan Paul. I think he's really funny, really smart, and really creative. Agreed. And you don't get that big on YouTube without having a special type of talent. And so I was honored when Mike was like DMing me, uh, like, hey, man, we got to get you on Impulsive. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, so I, in, in that sense, I think Logan and KSI, it leads me to believe that I actually, I think the beef itself, it was true to a certain extent. And then they realized, and maybe that's what it was in my mind, they realized like how beneficial it was for both of them mm -hmm. and it helped a lot. But like the things that I see KSI and Logan Paul like go back and forth chirping at each other, I feel like that shit's real. Mm -hmm. But Logan, Logan just seems like too smart and too nice of a guy. And KSI I've known since day fucking one. Yeah, yeah. Like props to him, kudos to him, like yeah. how successful he's become. Insane. Anything he touches just turns to gold. Yeah. And so with them two together, with building up both those fights and the money that they made from it, there's no way in my mind that they weren't messaging each other in some regard. Yeah. Talking about shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 but that's sort of, sort of, when you have that fan base, when you have that big of a fan base on both sides, it's gotta be like even more pressure, right? Because it's not, it's not like there's like a couple of fucking people telling like millions of people are just shit talking to you because they are on the Jake Paul side or they're in the, uh, in the, in, in the, in the KSI fight. Uh, side it's it's just insane the, the the one thing for sure is that they like ksi will like has will go, go down as like one of the most influential people in all of youtube you know what i mean selling out soccer Absolutely. arenas to play just putting together mount like, rushmore of youtube yeah a hundred percent bro it's insane yeah it is fucking crazy now that he's doing the rap thing i don't i i heard one like lamborghini when it first came out you know what I mean? But aside from that, I don't really listen to to anything else. But I like I fuck with the fact that he didn't say I'm a FIFA streamer or I'm a FIFA gamer. Yeah. And they just went on and created businesses just off of off of his brand, which to me is fucking insane. We're we're seeing we're we're living in we're writing history every single day as as we go through this YouTube 
sort of thing that we're doing. You look at new media and you look at the Barstool versus the uh, the Call Her Daddy podcast and shit like that. Like this, the, they will write about this thing forever once everything's all settled. And I don't know if we'll ever find out like where they ended up with the settlement or not, but it goes to show that like everything that we do now will sort of have this ripple effect throughout the history of mankind from now on. Dave Portnoy is a genius. Huh? Dave Portnoy is a fucking yeah. genius, dude. Yeah, he is. The fact that he was talking about it. Oh, but the fact that he went on their podcast. Dave Portnoy is the is the 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 best and biggest asshole I've ever seen. Like, yeah. What a fucking guy, dude. Yeah. A lot of people don't like Dave Portnoy. I fucking love Dave Portnoy because there's not a situation where he doesn't tell it like it is. And every time it works out in his favor, like Barstool, I I love everybody at Barstool, dude. Yeah, same. I'm a big fan of Barstool. So am I, dude. Uh, Dave Portnoy roasted roasted me on Twitter. No, he didn't. Yeah, bro, because I uh, I I tweeted out that cheese its are like the worst snack mm-hmm. in existence. The truth is, I have never eaten a cheese it. Mm-hmm. Hand of God, in my mother's soul, yeah. I have never had a cheese it in my entire life, and I was only putting out the tweet to. Uh, Russell, my girlfriend's Jimmy's, you know, razz mm-hmm. her a little bit because yeah. she loves Cheez-Its. Yeah. And so the next day, I'm, I'm getting, my my Twitter is lighting up. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I open my phone. Dave Portnoy quote tweeted it and said, you seem like a successful guy. So, yada, yada, yada. But you're also a fucking moron. Cheez-Its are the best thing ever, you fucking imbecile, you stupid idiot. God damn. Uh, something, something crazy like that. Yeah. You could probably pull it up and put it on the screen. Yeah. So then I, I was trying to be funny, dude. I'm like, all right, I've got Dave Portnoy's attention. How do I how do I get him to follow me and how do I have an interaction with him? Yeah. So I, I thought what I did was actually really funny uh, because I, I watch all of his pizza reviews and I had the, his pizza app on my phone and it basically goes through all the pizza places in your area and it's like an aggregate like kind of like yelp for pizza and then if dave has reviewed it you'll see it on the app and so i changed my background of my phone to like dave portnoy's photo uh and sent him like a screen recording of my iphone of me deleting the app from my phone and then the subtlety of it was like dave is like my screen background yeah and uh that's genius yeah i didn't see that i missed it yeah it got it got some good traction but it nothing ever came from it um, but I love Dave Portnoy. I like it too. I like the bar. Everything the Barstool is doing is really good. The other people that did it before them that did it successfully and they're still doing it successfully to this day is Complex. Complex. Complex is great. Yeah. Complex, I think, obviously came before them to the level that they're doing it right now, obviously. But, and, and they did it so fucking right. They, they did it perfectly. I always, I always look at them and as, as a, as, as a sort of North Star, maybe because I'm, a hip-hop head and like that's always been my thing and everything that they do is like interesting to me and that's the people that i started following from the beginning and i saw how they diversified into different things that the documentaries they did on shoes uh, like it was just like uh blueprint for example like blueprint is one of my favorite youtube shows that has ever been created they do interviews with uh uh kith what's his name fucking ronnie fig right like they did an interview with him and i was just like mind blown they did an interview with cause they did like architect like they do it fucking right complex is great my my only like note on complex because it sounds like you have a deeper understanding of their business because i only follow like when they tweet something out they should have never let academics and joe budden separate Mm. it should have never happened yeah and I, th- I, I still don't know the whole story, but I think Joe Budden just couldn't stand academics. Yeah. He didn't want to be associated with yeah. him, which I understand if you're Joe Budden who had a successful stint in rap and whatever. 
but I've never seen Complex get more attention than academics and Joe Budden getting after it, going against each other every yeah. single episode. Because I haven't watched that fucking show one time since, since, Joe, they broke since up. Really? Joe Budden has left. I haven't watched it once. And I used to watch the snippets. I used to watch it all the fucking time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people have split opinions on academics. Every interaction I've had him with him and messages and stuff, I don't really watch his content anymore. But it's always been positive. So I don't have a negative thing to say about either of them. But that duo should have never got split up. You know, you, I, if I were Joe Budden, man, I would have just like. But a lot, of th- a lot, of, a lot of thing about like the rap community, hip hop community is all about credibility yes. and your reputation yep. and who you are as a man or a woman and what you stand for. And so I, I can totally understand if Joe Budden was like, "This shit is whack. I'm out. I'm not going to associate with this guy." I yep. get that. But man, if you didn't have that pride, bro, that shit. What it was every single episode. That's what the internet was talking about. Yeah. No, they they did it right. You know what's crazy is that social media has sort of ruined a lot of the a, a lot of the mystics behind some of the my favorite rappers of all time. Uh, I I look at I follow I I, I made the mistake of following uh, some of the like all the Wu Tang essentially, but some of the shit they post, I'm just like, man, I wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think- and it sucks because I like I hold them in the regard the highest regard you can like every single Wu Tang member. So when I see Raekwon posting a fucking selfie, I'm just like. All right, fuck it, man. Just run it. Like my first thing, instincts like, ooh, don't do the two the two hand fucking you know picture. But at the same time, I'm like, that's the fucking chef. Shut the fuck up. I I see. I that example is even better than what I was gonna say. What I was gonna bring up to that point was uh, the mystery and the mystique behind actors and actresses. Mm -hmm. Because back in the day, like in Hollywood, you didn't want nobody to see you in public. Like you didn't want tabloids picking you up. I mean, before even the internet existed and then when social media started, a lot of actors that do it right, like Kevin Hart and The Rock mm-hmm. and Chris Pratt, they yeah. do social media pretty well. Incredible, yeah. And that's why they're even more successful now. Yeah. But back in the day, I mean, you, you wanted to be able to embody every role that you were a part of. And that's what was so cool and what the success and the stories behind these actors and actresses because you'd only see them once every year or two yeah. in this movie and you would love it. Like fans would just go nuts over it. And now everything's so accessible, you're only hurting, you're hurting yourself now if you're not yeah. on social media in some ways. Yeah. But with that example, that's even better, bro. Can you imagine listening to like the hardest fucking rap yeah. album, hip hop of your life, and then 20 years later, like, you I see don't this wanna, dude taking a two-hand selfie? Dude, I don't want to know what Tupac would be in a fucking social media realm. I don't want to know what Biggie would be in a social media realm. I'm glad that Jay-Z doesn't have a fucking Instagram, or, or he does, but his people manage it. Yeah. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's... It's like the same thing where I have where I don't want to meet my heroes. Or you're the saying that says never meet your heroes. I have that thing. Like I don't ever want to meet Casey Neistat. I don't ever want to meet the RZA. I don't ever want to meet Michael Jordan. And I don't ever want to meet Brad Pitt. Who's the fifth one? There's a fifth one. Uh, Ricky Gervais. I don't ever want to meet any of them. I want them to become. I, I want them to still be this like mythical person that I never want to meet. I just don't. I, I just don't want to have any bad interaction with them at all because I don't want that to be a clouding anything clouding that image of them yeah yeah i get that you know what i mean because if i if i go fucking talk to michael jordan michael jordan's like mean to me or some shit like the fuck out of here yeah when pack when Pac or when uh shaq punked you yeah yeah like that for example which is one of the which is one of the craziest thing because if you like now he's a business partner of mine we're co-owners in energy he handed me the fucking 
uh, esports v- uh, team of the year. Yeah, I was salty about that one. That was when you and I were having our beef. Yeah, and uh, you I just, just talked about that in 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 a in a podcast. You guys were on stage accepting the award. I'm like, man, I played half this year. I'm not up there right now. Yeah, you were fucking. You fucking left me. Broke my heart. We ain't gonna get into that. No, we're not. But I did talk about it. I did talk about it What'd recently. You say, and I gotta go hear it. No, no. I, I I pretty much said that I'm like that. If I was talking about feelings, it was a Q and A, and I was talking about how as uh, you know, growing up in the culture that I did, I'm not allowed to have feelings, and I bottle everything in. And because of that, you and I didn't speak for a year. When it would have been yeah. the the right thing for me would have been to reach out and be like, "Yo, let's fucking talk." I wrote Hector a letter. Yeah, I read oh, it in a fucking meeting. I was drunk one night. And I was in my feelings, and I'm like, oh, I miss Hector. Uh, why did all this happen? So, I, dude, it was like 2 a.m., and I, and I was lit, and I was like, I just wrote it all down. You know, I had, I had, because I had this, I mean, it had been, you know, baking in my mind for over a year. I'm like, dude, I, I just got to say something, because I, you know, regardless of what happened, I, like, I, I obviously wanted you to still be in my life and be friends, because yeah. you're, you're one of my best friends, yeah. and helped me a ton. And I just had to send you a letter. I like I wrote everything down. Like this is the only way I'm gonna be able to get everything out. So I hear you. Yeah, you were a better man than I was, and I I, I will never be like that again. But I, I remember thinking about it. I'm like, as I was as I was being more open on my Q and A, I was like, I I regret that. I regret not fucking being a bigger man and fucking just saying, yo, let's fucking talk. I, I regret not calling you, and be like, yo, stop being a fucking pussy. Let's fucking talk about it because I it, it's fucking with me. All right, bro, buy me a Lambo. We cool. I was just trying to get an agreement on camera. <laughs> you see, you see the stone cold fucking because like, <laughs> yeah, of a good feeling. Yeah, man. Um, I bet it make you feel better. Yo, so let's say this. You know what we should do? We should have a podcast, you and me. But hey, we can only shoot it like this, and we should only shoot it once a month. Dude, I'm fucking down. Like, I'll come down here. We'll call it something fucking cool. I'm, I'm it. Well, I'll, I'll do the branding. All That's right? fine. Sure, man. If you think you got it. You know what I'm saying? You got it. <laughs> you got it. I mean, uh, hey, I'm in. I, I, I like chilling. Like, you know what I mean? I, I had nothing to talk about, and I don't think that I've thought about a thing to talk about. This was thing. great. Yeah, I don't even know what time it is. How long? Have How long have we been doing this? Hour and thirty-five minutes. Hour and thirty-five. Well, that flew by. Yeah, I had a really good time. The same thing happened with the other one, and we were we we're not we were, even drinking this time. Yeah, I had one drink, bro. I'm about to piss my pants. I've been holding in pee for like thirty minutes. All right, well let's let's. I'm hot, it. bro. Let's... I don't know why I wore a fucking hoodie for this thing. Bro, I've been sweating. It is what it is. What it is. What it is. Um. All right. Well, thanks for copping on, man. I had a really good time. I I wish we had drinks. No, we should have done this like last night. No. Oh, we couldn't do it last. You night. could not do it last. <laughs> Holy night. shit! I golfed eight hours. I think I drank sixteen white claws yesterday. I asked you guys. Uh, two people, three people in your party drank th- sixteen white claws. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 at minimum. I had. And I, my hangover wasn't bad that this morning because I, all, I, I didn't, didn't think it was gonna be that fucking hot. To be honest. Ninety-five degrees, brother. I smoked that joint, and then immediately after that, I had like three fucking Gatorades. Three Gatorades, fucking like seven white claws, and I was just like, not my thing. Oh, a yeah. hot dog. And that's it. Oh, bro, it was a great day. It was a good I'm day. Glad you came out. All right, end this shit so I can pee. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. If you guys enjoy the video, please run, leave, 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 leave. Uh, anyway, thanks for hopping on. Uh, all his shit's gonna be in the description You're, below. I gotta pee. Maddie, I'll be right back. Cut it, send it, print it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys want to see the podcast continue on with my man uh, Nate and I, then obviously we should open up a podcast. I think it'd be a good idea. Matt, will you come to California once a month with me? Have fun, eat some good foods.
All right. Well, anyway, guys, if you guys enjoyed the video, please remember not leave without leaving a like. Uh, share it with somebody if you guys enjoyed it, because uh, I'm pretty sure that you guys will enjoy it too. Next week, we have uh, my man Jack Courage Dunlop come on because last time that we spoke, he was literally like taking off. You know, if he's at a level, if he's at a level sixty right now in the, in the success, because he still has a lot of success to to come to him. He was at like a thirty. You know what I mean? Like he's incredible. Like the 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 trajectory that he had we sort of saw in and i sort of talked about it in the uh, in the podcast but anyway we discuss that next week we'll see you guys on the next one goodbye <laughs>